chapter number 19. Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 19. On Friday, my brother and I was putting in an air conditioner at the old Cavalier shop in Franklin. And the uh, and uh, the condenser unit part of it had to go up on the roof. Wasn't going to get a crane, couldn't figure out quite how to get it up there, so we run some straps through it and used it like a backpack. And I climbed up the ladder, and, and whenever I got to the top, uh, I got up on the roof, and, and I was on my knees. Had to go to the other side of the roof, and Trace said, well, stand up, just towed it over there. As I tried to stand up, I couldn't do it. Could not stand up for nothing. I could not get the weight forward. I could not get my knees to, to tell me to go up. I couldn't do it. So I got on my hands and knees and I crawled to the other side of the roof. No matter how bad that I wanted to, no matter how much I tried and I pulled on everything that I could pull on and then Trey picked up on the unit, could not stand up because of all the weight. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it at all. <clears throat> Several years ago, I was fishing in a boat capsized. As everything began to sink, I grabbed as much as I could to try to get it back to the bank. I grabbed a tackle box and a chair and a trolling motor, and in one hand I grabbed the battery. Y'all ever tried to swim with a 12-volt battery in your hand? Because of the weight, that battery tried dragging, dragging me down. You know, gravity works that way. And as soon as I let go of that battery, you know what happened? I swam right to the bank. As soon as I got that air conditioner off of my shoulders, I cut the straps and it fell down on the roof. You guess what I could do then? I stood up. Wasn't it, it wasn't hard. It was easy. I mean, there was nothing to it. So many times today, there is so much holding us down, so much weighing us down, and we absolutely wholeheartedly refuse to let go of anything. We struggle with that so very much. And what we don't know is the relief, the freedom that God can grant us through His grace and through His mercy if we will turn loose of what's holding us down. Turn loose of the stones, of the the weights, of everything, what we're dragging and what we're carrying. Matthew chapter number 19, verse number 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said, All of these have I kept from my youth up. What lack I? And Jesus said, If thou wilt be perfect. Over and over again, that particular word is used in the Bible, especially in a lot of Paul's writings, that we are to be perfect, that we are to strive for perfection, that that, that is our goal, that that is our end result, is absolute perfection. He said, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But the young man heard that, 
he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I say again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why was it so difficult for this man to believe in Jesus for salvation? Why is it so hard to believe in Jesus for revival? Why is it so hard to believe in Jesus to carry our weights for us? Why is it so hard to believe in Jesus for your salvation? Because right now, the thing about people is wisdom comes from memory, right? Wisdom comes from memory. And the thing about us is that once we have seen something, we can't unsee it. We can't unhear it. It can't be undone. When something is done, it is done. When something is finished, it is finished. And once we see something, we see something. And so many times in our life, because we cannot actually see in the flesh Jesus Christ, because we cannot see in the flesh God, because we have to believe through faith, we choose rather to believe in those things that we can see, feel, and touch. We choose rather to believe in those things that we have, things that we think that we can depend on, instead of turning it loose and giving it to God and saying, God, free me. So much in this life we carry and we tote it around and we refuse to give it to God. And you know what it ends up doing? It ends up sinking us. Every last bit ends up sinking us and dragging us further and further and further. Now, whenever someone gives credit to God, praise God, where do they assume God is? Where does people point to say praise God? Point straight up, right? So if God is up there and we have all these bricks and stones and weights holding us down, how are we ever supposed to be perfect if all this world is holding us down and dragging us down, pulling us down? Everything, everything in this world that could potentially be a harm to us, that could potentially be a weight for us, that, that can be a reason for us to miss salvation, that can be a reason for us to miss revival, it is all unnecessary for us to hang on to. This man's riches were unnecessary for him to hang on to. I don't believe that Jesus was referring to you have to be poor to be saved. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe that Jesus was referring to this man was trusting in everything that he had rather than trusting in Jesus Christ. There will come a day whenever you can no longer carry it. There will come a breaking point. There will come a place in your life where you carry so much and you have so many stones in your hand that you can no longer take it. John in chapter number 8. We'll be right back to Matthew in just a minute. I want to read this. John in chapter number 8. Some folks brought a woman to Jesus. Verse number 3 says she was taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act she is guilty. We know she is guilty. We know this for a fact. Jesus, we have her dead to rights. Moses' law commanded us that, should, that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? 
I think that there were people that brought this woman to Jesus who already had stones in their hands. They were excited about stoning this woman. Jesus stooped down on the ground. With His finger, He wrote in the ground as though He heard them not. And He continued asking. He lifted Himself up. He said, He is without sin among you. Let Him cast the first stone at her. And He stooped down and wrote on the ground again. And being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest until the last. And Jesus looked at the woman and said, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Where are those thine accusers? Jesus said, Ye without sin cast the first stone. A lot of times we have two different stones in our life that hold us back. Two different rocks, two different weights. We have one in one hand that we're ready to throw at everybody else. Somebody has done me wrong. Somebody has said the wrong thing. Somebody has aggravated me. Somebody has looked some way. And I'm ready to throw a rock at them. And then the other stones is those that we're supposed to give to God. The stress, the worry, the things that we can't do anything about. The regret, the unforgiveness, the weight of the world. Our thing is we need to turn both of them loose. There's no sense for us to tote around rocks ready to throw at other people because that hinders us. Whenever you have a handful of rocks, you can't get a handful of God. There's no sense in us toting around weights and burdens and cares of this world whenever Jesus said, cast your cares upon me. But you know the thing about that is Jesus ain't going to come get them off of us. We have to cast our cares on Him. We have to turn them loose. We have to say, Jesus, here you go. This man could not turn loose of this world. In order for us to receive Jesus, in order for us to have eternal life, in order for us to enter into a covenant with the Most High God, God is heavenly. We have to turn loose of the worldly things first before we can reach Him. This morning, what's holding you back? What weights are you carrying around? First, I want to look at those of us who are saved. It is very, very easy to be overwhelmed by the world, is it not? There's enough in this world today that would drown every single Christian that you've ever seen if they held on to every bit of it. Because today, Christians are ridiculed. Christians are, are punished. They have men women home, wear, uh, uh, wearing homecoming gowns across this nation right now. And women, queen. They have people marrying all different kinds of things and people... Kids coming to school wanting a litter box because they're a cat. Tell me if this ain't messed up. If we were to dwell on everything that came our direction, if we were to dwell on everything that is wrong with this world, we would never have the the time to come up for breath to see what God can do. We would never be able to see how God can change it, how God can use us, because we are focused on everything else. There was a lady one time came to the preacher. And most of you have probably heard the story. She said, preacher, there's folks in this church that just ain't right. He said, what do you mean? She said, as I'm sitting in church, I'm looking out across the congregation. She sat in the back and she said, they're on their phones. And they're playing with their kids' crossword puzzles. Preacher, they're not even paying attention to you. Preacher said, okay, here we go. I want you to take this glass of water. He filled it all the way up to the top. He said, I want you to walk all the way around the building and don't spill a drop. He said, I want you to do that all service. 
So she did. She took that glass of water. She walked all the way around the building the whole service. She came to him at the end of the service, hanging the glass, didn't spill a drop. He said, was anybody on their phone? She said, I didn't notice. He said, why? Because I was trying not to spill the water. Whenever we try to get what God has to give us, we don't notice everything else that's going on in the world. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. We are to be separated. Our focus is to be elsewhere. We can't see everything at the same time. Whenever a quarterback gets the ball in a shotgun and he catches the ball back here, most quarterbacks start at the right and work their way to the left. You know why? Because they can't look at the receiver over here and the receiver over here at the same time. They can't do it. We can't focus on God and on the world at the same time. It's impossible. Straddling the fence will hurt after a little while. And we can't do that. We have to choose. Are we going to let the weights of the world hold us down or are we going to let the mercy of God hold us up? One of the two. It can't be both. We can't hold on to everything that's holding us down and everything that's dragging us down and everything that's poor and pitiful and terrible and awful because if we wanted to, we could probably throw a year-round pity party for each other. We probably could. It's not our job. It's not our job. God gave us a commission. God gives us opportunities to reach the world and we can't do that if our focus is on what's wrong with the world. In John chapter 8, all of these men wanted to do was kill this woman. They came to her with rocks and stones. Their focus was not on Jesus Christ. This man came to Jesus and said, What can I have for eternal life? He said, Get rid of all of these worldly things that you're trusting in. Because a man cannot serve two masters. It doesn't work that way. You have to choose one or the other. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what is it that you're trusting in? Everybody trusts in something. Not everybody trusts in a Chevrolet, but everybody trusts in something. What is it that you're trusting in? What is it that, that, that your faith is in? Where, <laughs> where do you plan to spend eternity? When I was in college, my roommate's cousin, somebody passed away. He asked me if I'd drive with him to the funeral. It was over in uh, Pleasant, somewhere over by the Mississippi River. So we drove over there. And after the, the funeral, there was a, a reception at the, the house. And I was just standing there. I didn't know the guy was just there with, with Romeo. And one man come up and said, where is, where is he now? And the lady he was talking to, I assume, was kin to him in some way. She said, I don't know. She said, I don't know. I hope that everyone here knows that you are an eternal being. Your soul is eternal. It's forever. Nobody can kill it. Nobody can get rid of it. It don't just poof up in smoke. When you leave this earth, your soul goes to one of two places. There's no purgatory, there's no almost, there's no somewhere to hang out until somebody prays you through. When you leave this earth, you're bound for heaven or hell. There's no middle ground, there's no almost. And I know a lot of times today in this world, people can identify as just about anything. But if you get to hell and you say, God, I identify as a saved person, that's not going to fly. You have to do that now. 
You have to choose to be a saved person down here. You have to choose Jesus now. Because once you die, it's too late. What is holding you back? This man depending on the things that was in this world. Money ain't going to get you to heaven. All of the riches ain't going to get you to heaven. The song says, I've never seen a hearse with a luggage rack. You can't take it with you. Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. You can't take a shovel with you to hell so you can dig out and come back. It doesn't work that way. What is holding you back from trusting in Jesus? A couple of weeks ago we talked about lies that Satan would tell you that you have time, that, that, that you can do it later. And then this morning we hear of a 16-year-old boy that almost slipped into eternity. Just a couple of weeks ago there were kids in junior high school had a four-wheeler wreck. One of them slipped into eternity. It could happen to any of us at any time. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready to meet your God? Are you holding on to so very much that you haven't yet trusted in His Son, Jesus Christ? This morning, the easiest thing that you're going to do, it's one of the hardest things that you'll ever do, and that is believe in Jesus Christ. It's easy because the plan of salvation is simpler than anything else you've ever seen. It's hard because it is so difficult for us to drop everything down here. It is so hard for us to say, God, I am helpless. God, I can't do it. God, I can't work to heaven. God, I don't care what people are going to say about me. God, I don't care that there's a lot of pressure on me. I'm the child of a preacher. I'm the grandchild of a deacon. My, my daddy teaches Sunday school. I've already made a profession of faith that wasn't real. This morning, what's holding you back? I promise, promise it ain't worth it. Promise it ain't worth it. You're not going to get to heaven trusting in things that are of this world. The things of this world are going to burn up. This morning, the only way to heaven is through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That is the only way. And you don't have to meet Him in person. But you have to meet Him in your heart. You have to believe on Him as the, as, the, as the Savior. You have to believe on Him as Christ. And that's it. But you can't believe on Him and hold back. You can't believe on Him and say, well, if this don't work. There's a guy one time, he was a member of a Baptist church. He was walking out of a Catholic church and one of the church members called him. Said, what are you doing in a Catholic church? He said, I went to see the priest. He said, where are you going now? He said, now I'm going to the Episcopalian. He said, why are you going to the Episcopalian? He said, I want to make sure that I have all my bases covered. You can't cover all of your bases and still believe in Jesus. You can't believe in everything else and still believe in Jesus. It's Jesus or perish. The only person that can send you to hell is the unbelief. And that is of your own accord. That is it. That is the only way you get there. God's intention was not for you to burn in hell for all eternity. His intention was for those who rebelled against Him to be tormented there. But this morning, if you believe in anything other than Jesus Christ, you're rebelling against God. If you hold on to anything other than Jesus Christ, you're rebelling against God. Turn it loose and believe in Him. You're not going to figure it out. 
You're not going to figure a way into eternity other than Jesus. He said He is the way. The way. That is it. There's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Jesus Christ. That is all. This morning, whatever's holding you back, cut it loose. You'll be amazed how fast, how sweet, how easy that peace is once you finally believe in Jesus Christ. Once you quit believing in everything else, you, you can't split it. It's Jesus or perish. For those of us who are saved, church, we can't have a revival if we're holding on to every different type and sort of weight that this world is going to pile on us. We can't do it. When I was in high school, we read this book. It's supposed to have been nonfiction. And I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember any other part of the book except for this one guy. His name was Giles. And he was sentenced to death. And the way that they were going to kill him is they were going to stack rocks on top of him until he died. So they began to stack rocks on top of him and he was laid out on his, on his stomach. And they began to stack rocks on his back and they stacked them and stacked them and stacked them. And his last words was more weight. More weight. Bring on more weight. You know, all that weight killed him. All that weight killed him. How much are we going to stack on ourselves? As individuals? As a church? How much are we going to stack on ourselves before we turn it loose and say, God, you take care of it. God, you sort it out. How often do we seek God? How often do we cast our cares upon Him? How many times a day do we yoke up with Jesus Christ so that He can help us? Or do we carry around those stones? If you carry around those stones, you're not going to make it. If we carry around those stones, we're not going to make it. The only way that we survive is turn it over to Jesus. The only way to get peace is turn it over to Jesus. The only way into heaven is to believe in Jesus. Everything goes through Him. This morning, He is our hope. He is our Savior. He is our life, but you have to believe. You can't say, Jesus, make my life better without believing that He can. You can't say, Jesus, just just take all of this and, and get rid of it without believing that He can. James said, and I believe it's in the bulletin this morning. As Tommy put it in here, at the bottom of the left page, James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we desire a revival, we should be praying to God, but we should be turning loose of whatever stands between us and revival. If we desire to be used as evangelists, as missionaries, we should be praying to God for that, but we have to turn loose of whatever stands between us and that. We have to turn loose of, well, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? God, how am I going to do it? God told Moses, Moses, you're going to lead my people out of, uh, out of Egypt. What did Moses say? God, I can't do it. God, I don't want to. God, there, there's something wrong with my mouth. I stutter just a little bit. We can't want to be used of God. We can't desire a revival and still hold on to everything else. Pride, unforgiveness, regret, self-esteem, lust of the flesh. We can't hold on to that 
and still be used of God in a revival. We can't hold on to that and still be used of God in a world that needs His Son so very much. This morning, I hope I can encourage you. I hope that you will pray for me that as burdens come our way, as we get weighed down with the cares of this world, that we can turn them over to God. Because He's a lot stronger than we are. God can handle it. God can take care of it, but we have to give it to Him. We have to cast our cares on Him. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I urge you, I beg you, to believe in Him. We sing a couple of songs. I think the kids sung one this morning. It said, Heaven's going to shine. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, if you don't believe in Him as your Savior, you're gonna, never going to see that shining of heaven because you're going to be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping of gnashing of teeth, where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not. You're going to burn forever and you're never going to burn up. Without Jesus, that is your eternity. It's not a Halloween movie. It's not a, a scare tactic. It's, it's hell. It's reality. And it's your eternal home if you leave this life without Jesus. Whatever's holding you back is not worth it. Whatever's slowing you down, whatever's standing between you and Jesus is not worth it. Turn it loose. Cut it loose. Let go and believe in Him. And God, for Jesus' sake, save you this morning. I'll have a verse of song. We'll ask a verse of invitation.